on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Uh, got everything uh, that we could uh, out of this group of guys, and, and you guys have, have led the way. And uh, we squeezed all the juice out of it we could squeeze. And uh, just so I I'm, I'm just want to say uh, how thankful I am uh, for all of our players and these guys as leaders of the team. And I'm disappointed for them that uh, we couldn't do a few things a little better to have a chance to win. And we certainly had a, it was a heck of a game and uh, came out on the wrong end of it. I don't want to speak the obvious, but uh, and obviously, you know, you're not going to win uh, and you lose a turnover margin six to one. That's the name of the game. But that's, uh, but again, doesn't take away again the type of again season and the type of uh, men that we have and then what our future looks like. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And I don't know. I think there's there's still plenty for that football team to be proud of this year. You know, winning 10 games, bouncing back. Had to battle through some stuff. Uh, you know, some injuries were a big factor in the season. You know, some of them, like Anthony being lost for the year, ended up being, uh, like I said earlier, a much bigger factor than I had anticipated. Uh, I I thought that we were going to be able because how good Nick Anderson and, and and you know some guys had looked. I thought Farouk and Company were going to be able to step into that, but that injury ended up being a, a big factor. Stutzman going down there in the middle of the year was a factor. You know we had to battle through some stuff, and then obviously last night you've got a you got a. A pretty much full-strength Arizona team. I know they were down an offensive lineman, a good one. Um, but outside of that, pretty much full-strength. And, you know, we were missing some pieces that definitely would have helped. Now, would it have been the difference in the game? Well, not if you still turn it over six times. Well, it wouldn't have right, been the difference right. in the game. And I think that all that is, is true. It's fine. But there's also a lot of buts. Should yep. that have kept you from beating Kansas, Oklahoma State, or even last night's game? No. No, no it shouldn't have. And I uh, I don't know if you wrote down any during the break there, but kind of teased this segment about things that maybe concern you heading into 2024. I have three written down. Did you did you happen to write any down? I did not write okay. any down. Well, you may not have to write any. I, it may be still fresh in your mind there. Oh, it's um, fresh. Yeah, so, so for my three, and we don't really have to talk about this first one. It's pretty self-explanatory. Trenches, they got to get a lot better in the trenches here moving forward on both sides. Offensive line for sure. Second to me is, man, and not to paint the picture that everything is bad or everything was bad this year, but I'd like to see a team that's able to win with the details, and I don't really think that that's what this team was, was all about this year, winning with the details. Yeah. Um, inopportune turnovers a lot, bad penalties in a lot of spots to kill a drive. They didn't win with the details next year, and, buddy, they're going to have to next year because I, I do think these past few years OU's gotten away with not winning with the details, being far from perfect. 
but just being so much more talented than the other team that they get away with it, you're not going to get away with it next year, man, if you don't win with the details. If you continue to have inopportune mistakes, just bad penalties, undisciplined, all, all that, not only is the talent gap really different than what it has been, you're going to be the lesser talented team in maybe three, four games potentially next year. And if you don't win with the details, you're going to be put in some bad spots. So that that immediately came to mind for me as well, along with the trenches. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, man. Things are going to happen in a football game. You're going to have to play some young guys, and young guys are going to make mistakes, okay? That's just going to happen. Um, they're going to make mistakes. They're They're going to... They're going to have penalties. They're going to have turnovers. Those things are going to hurt you. But you can't have it from your veteran players. You know, that's the that's the thing. We've, we've got to be so much better all the way around. Just general football knowledge and awareness. Yeah. There has to be a dramatic increase in that. And, frankly, I don't know how you – I don't know how you do it because I know it's coached. Like I go back to, and you know, he's a young player, so I get it. But if you're coached every single day in the special teams uh, portion of practice on how to down the ball in a pooch punt situation, and you just flat out don't do it in a football game, and it costs pivotal yardage in a game that's tight in the fourth quarter, and you end up losing, like, like that stuff, just you can't do it. Sure, and the you other, can't do it. The other one I had down is just just because it was a theme this year with your three losses, and even in some of the wins that you had, unfortunately, not able to separate. And it's just not that they just weren't able to separate at times this year. It feels like when you're not able to separate and end the game, you almost give. I don't think you almost. They gave the opposing teams a second life in a lot of those games. And a lot of those times when you give that other team a second life, it's probably the biggest momentum shift that's going to happen throughout a game. You gave gave Kansas a second chance. You had Oklahoma State really dead to rights, and you gave them new life and a a chance to win the game. And the biggest momentum swing last night was the defensive score that Arizona got. So not able to separate. You're going to have to be able to separate against teams next year. You cannot continue to give teams a second and third life throughout games. Because those are going to end up being the biggest momentum shifts in a game. And as we saw last night, the biggest momentum shift happened, and OU never recovered from it. Yeah. So those are just three quick ones that I jotted down. What immediately comes to mind for you? What immediately comes to mind for me is, like, we're talking about how would you frame it, worries moving forward? Yeah, just concerns. Concerns. Star power. You know, I I look around the country, and with teams that we are supposedly on the level with, and I see star power everywhere. So star par- star power last night at wide receiver from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, like just look at Michigan, look at Washington. Uh, even Texas, there's star power on all of these teams, and 
I, I don't know. We don't have we don't have star power at running back. We I mean we're we Drake Stoops was our star at wide receiver, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but we didn't have a thousand yard receiver. Um star power on defense, Stutzman and Bowman, I guess were not I guess, they were stars and and, and had big time games and big time plays. I just I don't know that we got enough stars. Like that's a concern for me moving forward. You got to have, especially in the Big Twelve, the list of all Big Twelve players for Oklahoma should be like ten deep on a consistent basis, and it hasn't been that way for Long years. Time, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while for sure. Yeah, especially especially in a conference with the teams that are in it right now. That yeah, I, I mean, what did you have coming into the year? One. On the preseason uh, All Big Twelve team, was Ethan Downs. Downs the only one? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a that's a big concern for me. Another concern is just generally speaking, we are not a tough football team. We have some incredibly tough players. We have some tough moments, but we are not a tough football team. And tough means a lot more than I'm not talking about playing injured. I'm I'm talking about fighting through adversity. I'm talking about I mean that brings in the details, winning with details, uh, being an in shape team, being a physical football team. So, like we we fold. When the going gets tough, we fold way too often. Not always. All right? Not always, but way too often. Yep. And I don't know where that comes from. I, I, we have a bunch of good players. We have a bunch of good guys. We don't have a team full of buttheads. We've seen what that looks like. Not, we've seen what it looks like around here. We've seen what it looks like around the country. We don't have that. We have a team full of good good kids, good players, but we don't play tough, and I have no idea why. In spots they do, but not consistently. Yeah, in, in spots like Yeah, we have some tough players and we have some tough moments, but not nearly yeah, enough. Don't, don't always and, respond well to adversity, and you kind of felt you, you really felt that last night, is when OU got the ball backed out of touchdown, the momentum was taken away, and – who had confidence that they were going to roll down and score? Well, they, they didn't. They got hit, and it was a strip sack. It's like, it's it's, it's like we're living on our our bigger our big brother's reputation. All right, our big brother used to be a badass, and no one talked to him, no one touched him, no one said a word to him. Everyone turned their head and looked the other way whenever he came walking through the room. And we're little brother, and we feel like we should get that same treatment. But we don't. Arizona, are you kidding me? Arizona is talking trash to our football team all week and then out there during the game? No way. In what world would Arizona ever feel like that's a good way to operate for a week leading up to a bowl game against the University of Oklahoma. Fair point, man. 
Fair point. Vinny Paul says, uh, when I watch Sawchuck run the ball, he doesn't ever just grab the game by, a thro- by the throat and tote the rock. I, I guess Vinny Paul had a uh, another text before that. but asked He me, looked hurt late last night. Well, he had, it looked like he had a hamstring. Are you, are you talking even before he came up with, with no, the hamstring injury? Or just no, that play like, specifically? Is that what, it, what late, later in the game, he just, the burst was gone? You Can, know? Yeah, and I, I think that's at least what it looked like happened. Right. Um, looked like it was some sort of a hamstring. KW918, offensive concerns, no difference makers, and no O-line, nowhere near good enough. Defensive concerns, well, can't get lined up, and zone coverage is atrocious in the middle of the field. we got to stop. The offensive line, I know people are frustrated with the offensive line. Do we not remember that it's a piece-together group? That's not what our starting offensive line was all year, and it's not what our starting offensive line is going to be next year. I mean, we we have to be able to recognize that. Now, am I confident that next year our offensive line is is going to be where it needs to be? I don't know that confidence the word. I mean, I don't. I'm not at the moment panicking that it's not going to get there, but. It was a piece-together offensive line. We had two opt-outs from guys that have started a ton of football games for us. Dallas Bill, I'm relieved going into the SEC when we get the holding call on Bothroyd. I was like, yes, refs actually do make these calls. I thought Bothroyd played really good last yeah, night. There were, uh, that, was a, that was a common thought last night is, whoa, OU's uh, getting some holding calls finally on the defensive yeah. line. How about that? It's been a while. I mean, Which, our defensive line they were all over for during the, uh, a big portion of that game were just wrecking Arizona's O-line. And and that's what it should look like. We talked earlier this week about how hard it was to get Fafita to the ground because that, that was the case throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But when you get multiple defensive linemen in the backfield and close the pocket the way that they did, he could even escape that a lot. I mean, there, there were some big-time sacks that they had last night for sure. And, and that I mean, just to go to the entire picture of the game – when you look at some of those numbers, you get even more disappointed that you're wasted your best defensive line effort maybe of the year, but you rushed for over 175 yards more than Arizona did. You rushed for over 200 yards, and you held them to under 30 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see stats over the past 20 years when teams were able to do that. Run for over 200 and hold their opponent to less than 30. What the win percentage on that is. And OU lost the game. Yeah, well, right after you run that report, run the report on what uh, in college football over the last 20 years, what the win-loss record is when you turn it over six times. Checks out. It's the same number. (laughs) It's the exact same number. (laughs) Right around Uh, 0% is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, pretty wild. Well, other other than that, how is the trip to San Antonio? Quick. Other well, I say quick. Uh, you ended up being correct on how much uh, radio I was, was going to do with you guys. I was going to bring that up today. Don't you worry. I said under two and a half segments, and it was <laughs> what? No, that's dumb. I'll do at least an hour. Well, here's the thing. We were originally scheduled to. I don't know what time we were supposed to leave, but we were supposed to be up at the airport at one thirty. All right, and then around noon 
12.30, they said, up, oh, plane's delayed, don't get here till 2.30. Okay. Well, around 1.30 or so, they said, ah, you know what? You don't need to be here until 3. So they kept bumping it back on us. and So much like the team, you guys had a delayed start. Delayed yesterday. start. We, I didn't get to – we got – to the stadium about five minutes before we started pregame show for the uh, for the broadcast. Really? Wow. Yeah, we got there like right at six o'clock. Hmm. Yeah, it felt like they were gonna get run out of the building the first ten minutes of that game. Jeez. You know, I I wasn't too worried about that. I I kind of I was. <laughs> I had a feeling the game was gonna start. You you kept holding the field direction. goals or at least two out of the three scoring drives you did and I and I guess there was a thought of well if you could just come back and score on this drive then the total complexion of this game like yeah. changes but it didn't feel like it was all that possible after you thrown two interceptions and they hit on a long ball for a touchdown but it changed in a hurry. Should have yeah. won it by multiple scores. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Thank you, Jim. Yes. And now we have the task of finding the end of the radar player coming up next. Text line, you know what to do. 405-651-3439. I like that. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-30. At BoydStreetVentures.com. Text line is already under the way, or already uh, underway with our under-the-radar submissions. Let's get to them. OU Optimist says Zach Schmidt secured the kicking job for next season last night. He was a perfect 22-yard field goal and three PATs. There you go. Don't let him get hot. Made three straight there in you go. the air. Georgia Sooner says under-the-radar player of the game, Kip Lewis. Rolls an yeah. ankle, fights his way back on the field with seven tackles and a sack. Love the way he plays downhill. Yeah, he led the team in tackles last night. Yep, I agree. I thought he uh, did some really, really good things. I, I think you could say another one that we just mentioned, I think last segment, Bothroyd. I thought he played a really nice game, did some really good things against the run. Didn't make all the plays against the run, but he ended up being the catalyst as to why someone else did. 214 said Co played his best game of the year. Yeah. I mean, yes. defensive line as a whole for sure. 402 says this probably won't get read, so we're proving someone wrong here. But RSJ always seems to make a big open field tackle every time he plays. Yeah. I remember him doing that. Was it just on a little bubble screen? First or second drive of the yeah. game last night? Yep, he did. He did. He played well. I think he's. I mean, that's one of the real big bright spots for uh, for this defense or this football team of a forward is the, what we have in the secondary safety position, um, some really good players coming up, even though I thought Peyton Bowen did not have a great game. 918, Elzinga, Luke Elzinga, dude punted well. He did. Four punts, did. 202 yards, 50.5 average. Three punts inside the 20 of those four. Yeah, he hit a couple of really nice balls. Yeah, 58-yarder, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, good. Brandon from the 405 says, Kendall Dolby played well, and I think Kenai Walker will be a solid backup next year. Did Dolby have two sacks last night? Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. Two Mo- sacks. I think he had a PBU. I think he had four or five tackles, maybe more than that. He yeah, good. and he had the uh, tip ball that Kenai Walker picked off as well. 
Yeah. He also had the play where Danny Stutzman had to th- throw him to the other side of the field pre-snap. Right. Yeah. Um, Brennan Thompson is getting a lot of under-the-radar submissions right yeah. now. Uh, geez, he was yeah, he was a leading receiver last night. Two catches for 83 yards. And he was about to go off. Which did they show? Did no. they show him on the broadcast? What did they show his injury on the broadcast? Or I mean, they well obviously showed him on the broadcast. Yeah, his injury and whatever he kept falling on the field. I unless I totally missed it, I I didn't see that they that they brought it up. Well, he 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 took the shot and kind of spun out right, and then got slammed to the ground, and that's when the ball came out, but. I think his head hit the ground. That's the play that they ended up reviewing, and they overturned right. it. Right. And as they picked the ball up and everyone ran down towards the goal line, and I didn't see it until late, but Kendall Dolby was – or not Kendall Dolby. What Brandon I said, Brendan Thompson was trying to, like, get to the sideline or chase the play down, and he was out on his feet and fell over a couple of times and fell down to the ground. 918 Stripling also appeared out of nowhere, forgot he was yeah. on the team. Yeah, he had a sack last night, too. He did. He did. Real a good looking sack. Ran the hoop. And nice. what he announced today that um, he's going to try his hand at the NFL. So, best, uh, best okay. of luck at the next level to, to Marcus Stripling. Vinny Paul says running backs and pass blocking. Uh, I remember Sawchuck having yeah. a nice uh, block against a blitzer last night. They it, did. it was a. I think it ended up being a third down that OU ended up having to punt it on, but he he picked up a blitz nicely somewhere at some point in the third quarter. Yeah, he I think he had two of them. Uh, Tawi had a couple of them as well because they kept bringing those backers right up the middle, and that number five Manu is a beast. Now he is a mean player. Nine one eight Kip Lewis was a monster. OU Optimus says is Kendall Dolby moving to edge next year. Best I've seen thus far. Where is PJ? Uh, yeah, PJ. He there. played some last night. Um, I, I expect some some big time growth from him from this point until we see him on the field next year. Um, Kendall Dolby playing edge, doubtful. Very uh, doubtful. Now, Desan McCola was out there at Cheetah some, and you know that's kind of going to be the big. The big, I don't know, question mark or maybe the fun thing to watch throughout the offseason is who ends up landing that spot for next year. Is it, are they going to play it kind of like they did this year where McCullough is out there against the two tight end, three tight end personnel, and Dolby's out there against spread personnel? Or are they going to find like a Canic or someone like that that can do it all? 405 would like to second Luke Elzinga, not the first to say this, but how was he not the starter at the beginning of the season? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I'll, a lot more Brennan Thompson. And I'll just bring him up to to go with your, oh, you needs more star power moving forward. Mm-hmm. And not that I think that, and I mean, I guess he could be. I wouldn't project him as the leading receiver next year, but he's just such a unique Skill, skill, talent, just with that speed, that they've got to have him available game in and game out next year, man. I mean, you, right. you talk about an incredible weapon. I, I would not project him as the leading receiver next year. Nick Anderson would get a vote. Help Burks, the 
portal guy from Purdue. He he might get a vote before well, Brendan Thompson. Don't forget Andrew Anthony. But this guy is, and he did it last night. Andrew Anthony, sure. But Brendan Thompson's the guy that can only have about two catches per game, but could have a massive impact on what happens throughout a football game. Absolutely. So I don't know if that qualifies as star talent or not, but if nothing else, it qualifies as not a whole lot of teams have on the roster what he brings. And even if it's only two catches, he's going to make a massive impact in the football game if he only has two catches a game. He's that and level of talent. If he would have been out there it, if, you know, for longer than he was, he was definitely going to change the way that Arizona was going to call defense. 100%. Because they just flat out could not run with him. And if, you know, he was going to stay out there, they were going to have to get out of what they were doing defensively or, you know, take the safety over to his side every time. And that leaves the rest of the field for the other guys to go to work. I'll, uh, I'll bring up this text so we can talk about Jackson Arnold before we hit a break. But from the 405, do you think the coaching staff messed up by trying to redshirt JFA? and not putting him in to play more snaps during the season. Which I'll go back to the same point that we've had. Um, where was your real opportunity this year to get him like substantial game action? I, I, I yeah. just don't think putting him in late against West Virginia or whoever to hand the ball off and maybe throw it a few times would have changed the outcome all that much last night. No. I And I know people are going to be – there's going to be people that are going to be, you know, dug in on that point, and that's fine. We will never know, but it's just you just don't see it. I mean, that's not just an Oklahoma thing. You just don't see it. You don't see the backup quarterbacks play a whole lot in college football, NFL football. It just doesn't happen. So. I don't think that affected the game last – well, I guess I don't know if it would have affected the game or not last night, but I don't think it was a mistake the way they handled it. How many blowouts did you have since the Texas game? Texas was a close game. UCF was a close game. Kansas was a close game. Oklahoma State was a close game. West Virginia was a blowout. BYU Mm -hmm. was a close game, and TCU ended up being a blowout. So in the second half of the year – you really only had two games. two games where you could have put in a backup quarterback, and in those, again, you're just handing the ball off and letting me throw a few times. And he played in the ones early in the year. Yeah, correct, yes. Tulsa immediately comes to mind. Yeah, Tulsa, and did, he played against Arkansas State too, didn't he? Yeah, that was his debut, yes. And SMU was not a blowout. Correct. So there just weren't a whole lot of opportunities this year. Yeah. And I, he played against Iowa State as well, but – he didn't even throw a pass in that Iowa State game. He got in late, and he ran the ball two times, but never even registered a pass in that one. Yeah. No, I don't – I am I just – I don't – you just don't see that. Rarely do the backup quarterbacks get in the game and play. Maybe early in the year in non-conference, but the rest of the time, for whatever reason, you just don't see it. Is it maybe padding the stats for your starter, trying to get them – accolades perhaps i don't know what it is it's just not something that you typically let's see. uh let's attempt to at least sprinkle some positivity on what's been somewhat of a dark day today with discussions um give me one positive 
that you saw from Jackson Arnold last night? Uh, incredibly live arm. He's going to be a really good, he's going to be a really dangerous weapon running the football. Um, I, I think my opinion of Jackson Arnold moving forward has not changed at all. I think he, I think the, the sky's the limit with the kid. I think he's going to be great. Playmaking qualities is what he has. Playmaking qualities, play qualities. beautiful deep ball. Um, and he's just going to get better and better. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Are you someone with extra weight and looking to make a lifestyle change? Norman Regional's Journey Clinic is ready to help you get started. We are excited to be one of the only weight loss clinics in the region offering the Spats Balloon, the world's only adjustable gastric balloon, and all... It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yala Gosney Law, communication is a priority. That's Yala Gosney Law at 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Uh, well, I didn't get to talk to you guys about it, but Oklahoma State with the win over Texas A&M. What did you think about that football game? A&M's quarterback getting hurt on the first play of the game was not ideal. Yeah. But uh, Gunnar Gundy got him a touchdown in his final game in Oklahoma State on a uh, on a quarterback run or just on a, on a run play there. See where he yeah. ends up. But, no, they, um, A&M a depleted roster. Then their quarterback gets hurt in the first game. Nice game by Oklahoma State. But A&M, that was uh, a wounded duck going into the Texas Bowl. Right. Um now, I thought this was interesting. Um, apparently, Alabama, in taking extra precautions while playing Michigan, is not allowing players to have any film or watch any film on their iPads uh, where they typically take it home, watch on their own time. They're no longer able to do that as they prepare for the playoff game against Michigan. And linked to the sign stealing and all the communications uh, stealing or whatever that was linked to Michigan. What do you say about that? I uh, I, th- I think it's hilarious still that <laughs> that's in the news cycle and uh, people are still that scared of Michigan stealing their signs that they're not going about it on the iPad. I, I also thought it was interesting because that came out yesterday. And when I think of like the Alabama program, we, we don't cover them on a day-in, day-out basis, but – I would think that they're a pretty nailed-down type of program in terms of what their players say and don't say in a media setting. But uh-huh. that was revealed by one of their players. And then you had Milrow yesterday saying, yeah, I've been doubted all my life. People have been telling me to change positions away from quarterback. Even in college, my offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, told me to move to wide receiver. So they were, uh, huh. they were letting it fly yesterday at the Rose Bowl media setting. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I just, I love that Nick Saban and Alabama are, you know, taking these precautions lest Michigan try to uh, cheat. Um, and Saban's the one who got caught filming our practice for the national championship mm, game. He did in the Superdome. That's right. Maybe they're ah. doing the same. It's all the fronts. Yep. Yep, that's right. Uh, that's all I had. How about the Pop-Tart Bowl last night? Pop-Tart, Pop-Tarts may have won the day yesterday. 
And everyone was talking about it. Social media was going crazy about what happened at halftime of the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And that bowl game generated just over $12 million in earned media for the Breakfast Treats parent company. So that went viral so much, everyone was talking about it. You have all these different sponsorships, and the Pop-Tarts Bowl this year was the Cheez-Its Bowl last year. They did so well with that, with the dancing Pop-Tart mascot, over $12 million in earned media for the company. Man. Wow. Impressive. Nicely done. Enjoy it while it lasts. No one's ever going to play or watch bowl games in the future, so (laughs) strike while the iron's hot. You picked the uh, one time. Yeah, nice job, Pop-Tarts Bowl. Uh, Tip of the cap to what OU men's hoops did last night. And I'm not talking about the results of the game. I'm talking about the warm-up shirts that they had. It said forever a sooner on the front. And on the back it said minor with the number 12. Every player had that on uh, during warm-ups last night. So it's kind of a way to uh, remember the life and legacy of Ryan Minor. Good on OU basketball for doing that last night. That was pretty cool. Very cool. 11 wins, right? 11-1. and Got a game coming up on uh, Saturday. Game coming up nice. on Saturday against Monmouth before they uh, they get into conference play. Yeah, but that that game was a little uh, a little, little tight for a while, but they ended up distancing and and winning by double digits. Nick Saban, um, speaking of Alabama at a press conference setting, he says college football is heading towards a semi-pro direction with NIL and the expanded playoff. Here's what Nick said: "Quote, we're moving in the sort of semi-pro direction in terms of there's pay for play now." We call it NIL, but that's pay for play. And I'm all for the players sharing in what's happening. You've got guys transferring from one team to the next at will with very little guidelines as to how they control any of these things. And we're going to have a playoff very similar to the NFL. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. I'm just saying they're all completely changes from what we had five years ago, ten years ago, whatever, in quotes. It's true. It's true. Totally different. Um, I'm not convinced that it's better or ever will be better, but I hope to be proven wrong. I hope that we we get a handle on it, create some guidelines. I think it is bad for college football that you know you have players for a limited amount of time in college. I think it's bad for the sport that there's a ton of players that are going to be going to a bunch of different teams. I mean, part of the charm of college football is watching young players develop into starters and and end up playing big roles for your football team. Like the development is getting killed. Yep. It's getting killed. And the product is going to drop because of that it's just a fact brian bosworth had an interview during the game last night on espn late in the third quarter and he says there's whispers of dark money coming in after the season's over with uh, over with here's what boss said um you know i want to spread it across my teammates that's one thing i don't like i don't like one or two players on the team making the lion's share and the rest of them have to scrap for it uh, i think everybody should share in it and you know this whispers of dark money coming in after the season's over with and you know mom and dad's getting 
getting you know phone calls and uncles and aunts are getting phone calls. That's got to stop. We got to get that under control. Uh, so Boz is saying, end the tampering and the dark money after the season, please. And I agree with that. Thank you, Boss. Well, I agree with it too, but I mean, you're never going to end that in college football. That's been going on since the beginning, right? Well, I mean, I guess SMU technically got the death penalty because of it, and there's been yeah. other instances of it as well. Yeah. Uh, bowl games going on right now. Memphis is, uh, boy, they're hammering Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl. And I think yeah. Iowa State was Iowa State was favored to win this game. Yeah, Iowa State was a ten and a half point favorite. Memphis is up thirty six to thirteen now, midway through the third quarter. Notre Dame drilled Oregon State forty to eight in the Sun Bowl, and Clemson rallied late to beat Kentucky thirty eight thirty five in the Gator Bowl. So as soon as this Liberty Bowl goes final, the only other game we have tonight is Missouri and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl at seven p.m. Let's go, Buckeyes! Ohio State listed as a five-point favorite tonight in Arlington. Who knows? Who knows? Um, no idea how to predict or, or know what's going to happen in some of these bowl games. Oh, Ohio State's starting quarterback will be wearing number 33 tonight. Interesting. Devin Brown nice. wears 33 in honor of Sammy Ball. Interesting. Um, that's pretty cool. It'll look it'll look strange. It'll but look very strange. Pretty cool. It's like when Jared Lorenzen was at Kentucky wearing number twenty two, but thirty three will be. Didn't Michigan was it Devin Gardner that wore ninety eight at quarterback one year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that. I remember that. Good stuff. All right. Uh, any more? Is that it? That's it. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Sooner football talk lives here. This is the ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with a video at stjude.org. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Good point by Mike in Springfield talking about quarterbacks that have not worn the traditional 1 through 19 jersey numbers. Uh, Doug Flutie wore the number 22 at to Boston College and he fared uh, quite nicely there at BC. All he did nice. was win a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Uh, to the text line we go. S. Rob Booman says OU fans will be in complete meltdown when Mizzou beats Ohio State tonight. Yep. Oh, please don't let that happen. Come on Buckeyes. They will. Come on Buckeyes. You think that you think Ohio State's going to win the football game? I have to believe for my mental sanity that Ohio I have to believe that Ohio State's going to win tonight and I have to believe that Washington's going to win on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but is the give a rip meter for Missouri pretty high? Uh, I would imagine so. Yes. Oh yeah. It's going to be Yeah, I Interesting football game. I have no idea. I I just nope. I mean that that line is held steady at like Ohio State Minus one, or right around a pick him in a day, it, it, it's up to five. I don't really know what that means. I don't think Marvin Harrison's going to play, um, or at least he's not supposed to play. I don't, I don't know why the, jump, the line would jump up that much today. Right. I don't know. Don't know. Um, I mean, Missouri's on a roll right now. You got to admit. This is the most momentum their football program has had since – 
Chase Daniel was on campus. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, guess, I guess they played an SEC championship game early on when they got to the SEC, but I mean, when you sign arguably the best defensive player in a class, 10 wins, you're in a New Year's Six Bowl game, what they're doing in the portal right now, and say what you want about what they're doing, and I've said a lot about it, but they've, they've got momentum for sure. They're going you, all in on next year. Can you even – who was their quarterback whenever they made the SEC championship first couple of years? Oh, gosh. He got drafted um, – I think he got drafted in the first round. Who? What was his name? Gosh. Um, it was – I'll have to look it up. Dude, I'm going to be so mad when I, when I totally – so they made it in line, what, 2012? So, no, I think it 13? was 2013 is when they made. Uh, because 2012, 2012 was Alabama and Georgia that played in the SEC championship game. And I think the next year, Missouri played. I think Missouri lost to Auburn in the SEC championship game. That's right. They did. They were 12-2 that year. Yeah, I'm thinking of Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert? He was drafted pretty high. Yeah, he was. Is that really who it was? It was right around that time. It, that may be a year too late, if, if, if not. That's probably right. Huh, okay. There you go, Blaine Gabbert. Would not have guessed that name. I remember him for sure. I don't know why I was thinking he was UCF. Who was the kid from UCF? That was Bortles. Blake Bortles, yeah, he was also drafted really high. I think he was drafted. Was he drafted top five, Blake Bortles, out of UCF? You know, you know who <laughs> – James, this says James Franklin led Missouri Tigers in passing okay. in 2013. Yeah, so they came to Norman in 2010, Missouri did. No, 2011. Missouri came to o- OU in 2011, and I think he was a freshman starting that year, so maybe that was his his, his last year, second to last year. Okay. He had an Oklahoma tie. I don't, I don't remember Franklin? exactly what – he was from Oklahoma. Did his dad play at Oklahoma? Something like that. I remember that being the story. Interesting. The nerdy things um, that you remember here. You care about any of these bowl games, though, outside the two playoff games on Monday? Any at well, all? What do you mean by care? Like, I'm interested in the bowl game tonight. Yeah. I'll watch the one tonight. I'm definitely I mean, going to watch it and root for Ohio State. That's where my interest is. Yeah, I, so I guess – I don't know. It depends what you mean by do I care about them. I – I don't have any vested interest in the outcome, but I'm interested to see what happens. I am uh, oddly drawn to the Georgia-Florida State game, and that yeah. intrigue will last about two drives maybe because Georgia's just going to absolutely curb stomp Florida State. But just with that whole storyline, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll at least be interested in early in that game. Probably not that, much further than the first quarter. Right. That game has to be the biggest in indictment on current college football that there is right yes with with yes. how florida state is like what's what all's gone on there it's interesting all right quick time out we got the final hour of the rush coming up next here from riverwind casino stay tuned you're listening to the home of sooner fans kref norman oklahoma and streaming live on the kref app the ref sports radio network you are family at dorsey jones buick gmc in el reno and